So Jerry has been busy, um, uh-huh. <laughs> as we all know. And as a result, our prospect rankings here at the website have, let's say, changed mm-hmm. pretty drastically. Um, so we're going to take a look at what the Mariners have on hand in the farm system. Um, I, I don't... I don't uh I don't want to say this is a definitive list and we probably won't read the entire list that we have. Um but Ty and I have each made a kind of our own individual rankings and we're going to discuss a few guys um <clears throat> uh because there's a lot of changes and you guys are curious. So like I said our full list won't come out until probably spring training. Um I want to give, you know, I don't want to publish this and have to update it three times when Jerry trades Santana and you know if you trade Tanniger and stuff like that so uh, but right now I have my my individual top 20 uh rough draft more or so less Ty has his um so let's let's start with um let's let's actually let's talk about JP Crawford real fast because I did not include him in my ranks um I mean like I said, he basically is a prospect, um, but technically not. So I uh-huh. didn't add, I didn't put him in my ranks. But if I, I had put him, him in mine, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if I did, I would have probably put him third or fourth, um, which is still in the Mariners' new system, really good. So uh, I had him third or fourth. I think you put him number one, right? Uh, initially. Initially, okay. I. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to that in a second. All right. So, yeah. Um, my number one, I thought about this for a while, and it's not Justice Sheffield either. Mm. It's Jerry Kelnick. I really, really, really like Jerry Kelnick. I know, like, you know, realistically, if we were making a list, uh, it would be Sheffield. <clears throat> but... Mm-hmm. Just for me personally, God, I love Jared Kelnick. I'm so, so, so stoked that that he is in the uh, in the Mariners farm system now. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. And um, uh, number two is Sheffield. If mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, you, you know, there's there's no question there. I'm a, I'm a little bit down on Sheffield more than than some, but. I still think that he's a solid, uh, uh, solid starter that could be a number two. Um, I know a lot of people say that he's a number three, but eh, I'm not. I'm not totally buying that. I think he, I think he's a number two kind of guy. I think he's like that Jose uh, Quintana uh, type of pitcher. Um, and then uh, number three uh, for me is, uh, you know what? Number three for me is Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he's, I know he's won over a lot of people, but he's really won me over. I like that guy a lot. You know, and you see, you know, have you seen these videos of, uh, of him hitting in the cage and everything? Yep. There's something about him. He's big. For, mm-hmm. for an 18-year-old kid, he's big. Sure or is he is. 17 still? I think. Sure, I think he's still seventeen, or he might have turned eighteen in like uh, September. 
Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Either way, he's young. <laughs> yeah, he's a, but he's a huge guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, by the way, I, uh, that, he turns that 18. Might be something he, special right there. Yeah. He turns 18 on uh, December 29th. Yeah. So he's so, still 17. Uh, next year will be his age 18 season. Uh, and don't be foot, surprised if he, if he is a Mariner by 20. I mean, by 20 years old, I mean, not 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, he certainly has the upside. I also have him number three. Um, so I'm right there with you. Uh, he probably has the highest upside of anybody in the Mariner system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably a toss up between him and Kellenic. Um, but yeah, Rodriguez is a guy who average or better tools across the board. I saw somebody at Baseball America give him a 70-grade arm on a 2080 scale. Um, so, yeah, if you guys don't know, 60 is considered plus. Uh, 50 is average. 60 is plus. 70 is uh, one of the best in the league. And if you're an 80 at anything, that's Hall of Fame level. Um, and I saw somebody give him a 70 on the arm. Uh, he's still working in the outfield a little bit. Uh, right fielder, though. Uh, very projectable. He's six foot three, about a buck ninety, um, and he's still growing. Um, he's probably going to be a right fielder more than likely. Yeah. Um, the power in this young of a bat is legit. Um, I would give it a sixty grade, uh, with the possibility for higher if he uh, continues to add muscle. Um, <clears throat> like I good... said, he looks huge already. Yeah. I, he's got a great swing. He's and. Most importantly, um, he has an idea of what he's doing at the plate. He takes walks. He knows his strike zone. The guy is, he's a good hitter, all-around hitter. Um, You know, I don't think he'll have the same power as Nelson Cruz, but I think you're kind of looking at the, you know, the Cruz 280-ish with 25, 30 home runs. Like, you're looking at a Cruz batting average and on base with probably 25 to 30 home runs. Uh, if he really hits his ceiling, I the guy is going to be a stud. And uh, I also have a number three. I think, um, I think in two years' time, he could be one of those top fifteen prospects um, for on a lot of uh, the major uh, prospect rankings. I, I think he's a guy who rises really quickly. And I think, especially once he gets in the United States, if he can handle the culture change. And he seems to be a ki- he seems to be a kid who can that pretty well. I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he'll probably. I'm going to guess you see him in the Northwest League this year. Uh, that would be Everett. So yeah. I, I guess that's probably where you put him because uh, you still don't want to rush the guy. Um, but yeah, he he's something special. I could see him, you know, this time next year being in the top 100 prospects, um, and you know by july of 2020 he could be a top 15 guy that's the kind of upside we're talking about with julio um so i and the right same thing for Jer- jared kelnick jared kelnick yep. probably going to be a top 10 guy if he hits the ceiling <clears throat> right um i saw the comp that i liked uh from i think it was rosenthal uh-huh. he said grady sizemore yeah uh, and <clears throat> You guys don't remember Grady Sizemore before he was wrecked by injuries. He was like the next big thing in baseball. Like he was the center fielder that was 
I mean, you know, Grady's ladies, you guys remember those, those people, uh, Grady Sizemore was a fantastic player. Uh, <clears throat> and if Kelnick really does hit that ceiling and Rodriguez hits his ceiling, those are two absolute game changers. Um, I mean, it's similar to, you know, Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna, uh, yeah. type of like impact they can have on a team. And uh, then you think about like, you know, what if Kyle Lewis hits? Yep. What if Braden Bishop hits? What if, you know, Mitch Hanniger is still around and he's still playing at an MVP level? Like, that's <laughs> right. That's that's very 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 exciting. You're running out of outfield spots at that point. Uh, r- real fast, I just want to uh, my personal rankings. I have Justice Sheffield at number one. Uh, large part just his proximity to the big leagues. Um, he should pitch for the Mariners in 2019, and I do put some value in that. Um, and that's why he gets the edge over Kelnick and uh, Rodriguez for me. So I, I have the same top three as you, just in a different order. Um, so if, and like I said, if JP Crawford was in these ranks, he'd probably be right after Rodriguez. So he'd be fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, so anyways, kind of your next grouping, those are your top three slash four. If you include, if you include Crawford, kind of your next grouping, who's number uh, five, six, like, cause the next group is really interesting. I think there's a lot of different ways you can kind of, look at these guys and place them. Who did you put after that, that core four, if you, however you want to, whatever you want to call them. Well, for for the sake of, uh, since you're not uh, putting Crawford in yours, I, I won't put Crawford in mine. Um, so number four for me is Justin Dunn. Yep. Um, I really like Justin Dunn. Uh, you know, his floor is a high, you know, high leverage reliever as we've talked about. Um, and his ceiling is, you know, a number three, number two starter. Um, I think he's more like a number three, though. And um, that's, you know, totally fine. The, the, the Mariners could definitely use that. Um, number five, uh, I have Evan White. Uh, mm-hmm. Been very impressed with Evan White uh, over the last uh, year or so, especially with the swing change and, you know, how, how good he is defensively. But now that he's got the bat, on track. Uh, that's a very dangerous player that they could have there. Um, very exciting. Um, number, uh, number six for me is, uh, Logan Gilbert. I really, really like Logan Gilbert. I'm higher on Logan Gilbert than most are. I think that he does have the potential to be an ace. Um, Mm. but, uh, you know, even, uh, I, you know, I put his floor at a number three right now. I, I really (laughs) am that high on Logan Gilbert. Um, and then, uh, at number seven, I have, um, I have Kyle Lewis and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really like Kyle Lewis and I I do still think there's a lot of potential there. It's just, you know, he hasn't performed lately and, uh, you know, a lot of that isn't his fault. He's had to deal with injuries and has had to simultaneously rehab while, you know, um, you know, trying to, to rise to the ranks and, you know, they, they rushed him a little bit to double A because of uh Braden Bishop's injury. And um, you know he he didn't do so hot there, but you know, he, he kinda got on a roll towards the end of the season and you know, hoping that he uh 
he can continue that going into 2019 because it's starting to look like he will uh, probably get a shot at the big leagues at some point this year. <clears throat> right. Um, so those are the same four guys I have in my next grouping. Uh, I have I have it going Dunn, White, Lewis, and Gilbert. Uh, and really, I could I feel like I could mix those up in any order and totally defend it. Um, he said Gilbert. I just I want to see him pitch first. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think his ceiling is probably a number two. Uh, I think his floor is probably a number three. Um, like I said, the guy's got, the guy can pitch, um, let all of division one and strikeouts, uh, when the Mariners selected him, uh, last June, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, really good fastball sits, uh, low to mid nineties. Uh, he can, he can uh, touch 96, 97 on a really good day. If he reaches back, the slider's already above average. Above average. Uh, the curveball flashes above average, but is a pretty good fourth pitch right now. Um, still needs work on all of them. He throws strikes, but he doesn't have great command, uh, so to speak. But 6'6", 225, um, there's still room for him to add muscle. Um, he's a really good arm. Uh, I yeah. think... And he I comes th- from that Stetson program that produced Jacob DeGrom and Corey Kluber. Right. I, I think he'll probably start the year in, uh, you know, he, it is worth note. He did miss, he didn't throw a pitch for the Mariners after they drafted him. Uh, he, uh, he came down with mono um, in July and they just decided to shut him down. He had thrown quite a few innings for Stetson anyway. Um, so I don't think he was going to get much more than a handful of innings. Uh, but you know, 14th overall pick. Um, yeah, he, he should, again, six foot six. The mechanics are okay for a taller guy. Uh, usually that's one of the, the issues of these tall pitchers. Um, but yeah, the stuff is good. Uh, the control is good, but needs to be better. If he's going to reach his ceiling. Um, but I bet he probably starts the year in the Northwest league or, uh, or sorry, not the North. He probably starts the league in the season in the, uh, the Sally League. So that would be the West Virginia Power, I believe, is the new affiliate for the Mariners. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's just a straight single A ball. I bet he starts there. He has a, I think he has a pretty good chance to move up to uh, maybe even as high as double A this year. Um, I think he probably finishes the year in Modesto. Uh, but th- those are just guesses. He's, he definitely is going to be up sometime in 2021. Uh, would not be shocked if it's 2020. And, pretty early in 2020 that's a guy who can move pretty fast like you said he has a high floor um so um we'll see he, he definitely fits in the timeline that uh jerry has laid out uh like i said dunn is really interesting the reason i put dunn ahead of all is because his floor is still a really valuable major leaguer um because like you said his floor is a high leverage late inning reliever that's valuable um so I put him there because just because Evan White's floor is that he's kind of, you know, a fourth outfielder. I, I, I like Evan, Evan White. White's floor is like Casey Kochman. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he'll be better. I, I think his ceiling is probably Cody Bellinger with less power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's a guy he can handle the outfield if you need to move him out there. Um, but with the way the prospect ranks look and with Mitch Hanniger already in the fold and all that, probably not going to be an issue. 
Yeah. He's a gold glove quality first baseman. He ha- he also, along with Kyle Lewis, has a shot to be up this year. Um, that's not just us speculating, by the way. That is uh, Jerry Depoto. Yeah. Uh, he has said yeah. Evan White and Kyle Lewis have a shot to be up this year. You know, for a long time, you know, we, we thought, you know, Robinson Cano is going to be a, a Mariner until he's 41 and he'll have to play first base. And that kind of played into the idea that Evan White would be blocked. But now there really isn't anyone blocking Evan White. Right. And also part of the problem with Evan White um, and why he was ranked really low in a lot of prospect ranks or not low, but he wasn't given his fair shake is that this ridiculous idea that oh, he has to hit for power if he's going to play first base. That stuff drives me nuts. It really does. I, yeah. I, I don't care. Like, I get to a certain extent, you can't have a glove-only first baseman. Like, how valuable is that really? But I don't think Evan White was ever going to be just a glove at first base. Um, he's got gap-to-gap power, and that's that's fine as it is. But, you know, the swing change has uh, helped him get more balls over the fence. Um, right. But yeah, if that's if he's a doubles guy, who cares? Right. Plus, he's a good base runner. Yep, he's above average speed. Um, honestly, his bat when he came up, if the power didn't develop, it kind of reminded me of like James Loney. You remember him? Yep. Um, you know, he was a first baseman for what a decade in the big leagues. <clears throat> a career, you know, two two eighty four. <clears throat> sorry, two eighty four, three thirty six, four ten, slash line. Um, I feel like that's kind of the floor um, for Evan White, uh, but now he's added power. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see if that continues in double A. Um, and if it does, White could be up, you know, by July of this year. It's it's not a huge jump from double A to the big leagues. Um, so that's I believe DePoto confirmed that he will start the year in double A. Um, and he's just, he's, so, he's going to be really fun to watch because like, he's going to hit, it seems like he's going to hit with more power now. And if you get 20 home runs and 30 doubles from Evan White, he's an all-star because the defense is fantastic. I can't stress that enough. Evan White is the best defensive first baseman in baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, he's that good guys. <clears throat> so if he can hit with that, then the Mariners have another all-star. Um, so, yeah, and then I rounded that out. I had Lewis ahead of Gilbert, again, just because Lewis has some success in pro ball. Gilbert has no record in pro ball. Um, but if I had to bet which one is the better pro, I, I'm betting Gilbert. Um, so, like I said, and that could all change. Um, these, these rankings aren't definitive, but uh, that could all change by the time we actually publish our official rankings sometime in March, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the top I have. Uh, top eight, if you, inclu- if you include Crawford. I feel like that's pretty standard across, that's going to be pretty standard across, you know, all of the ranking, the, however you, the ranking experts or whatever you want to call them. Um, uh-huh. So it's kind of this next group that's really interesting because there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. Um, yep. <clears throat> so... I know both you and I are high on Braden Bishop. Right. I have him at eight overall. Do you also have him at eight? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so why do you like Braden Bishop so much? Uh, you know, the, the defense Baseball is really good. Only. He ha- 
he has the potential to win a gold glove if he, you know, if he's actually given it a chance to start. That's going to be hard for him to do. You know, you think like, you know, the Mariners already have uh, Malik Smith and Mitch Hanniger, uh, you know, on, you know, really team friendly, controllable deals. Uh, you know, there's Kyle Lewis and Julio Rodriguez, and Jared Kelnick, who will be up, you know, uh, within the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, Braden Bishop is just a he's a gamer. Uh, he's just one of those guys that just. You know, he, he might be your Kevin Pillar. Um, yep. He's, he, you know, he's got some sneaky power, uh, really good base runner. Um and that's and that's the thing that's going to determine whether or not he's a fourth outfielder or an actual starting center fielder for a team because he's a center fielder. Yep. And he'll be one of the best center fielders defensively in baseball as soon as he enters the league, but if he can't hit then he's not going to be given the opportunity to be that. Um but yeah, I I think he I think he will hit I, I think the bats come around. Um, I think he has a better understanding of, of plate approach more so than he did when he first entered, entered the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the fracture arm is, uh, you know, coming back from that is not going to be easy, but, <clears throat> Oh my God, my voice cracked there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's just a, an impressive, you know, and he's also just an impressive guy off of the field. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, he's he's an inspiration to a lot of people, uh, especially his teammates. And, you know, even even uh, the players at the major league level last year supported him, supported his uh, four mom foundation. And he's yep. probably he probably hasn't even met half of those players. Mm hmm. You know that's how much of a of an effect that he's had on uh, the Mariners organization already, and um, but if he if he can match uh, that with his uh, level of play, that's a really really solid player right there to have. Mm-hmm. And, it uh, is. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm very excited about Braden Bishop. Right. I I don't think you're ever going to see Bishop hit more than. 10 home runs at the big league level. Yeah. Um, but he has changed his swing. Uh, again, shocking. I know the Mariners have an outfielder with a swing change, um, yeah. but he did tweak his, his swing a little bit. It did lead to a few more doubles um, and also a little uh, uh, uptick in his home runs. Uh, we did see a slight uptick there. Um, 84 games. He had eight at double a Arkansas. Um, yeah. It really is unfortunate that he uh, fractured his wrist. I think it was at the injury fractured wrist. I thought it was <laughs> or, a forearm. But, forearm. Okay. okay. Sure. Which is actually that's actually better than the wrist, anyways, um, because there was a very real chance that we saw him in September of this year. Um, he's going to get a good long look at uh, at spring training. I don't think the club out of uh, out of spring training. He'll probably head to Tacoma, um, but he'll be up early. Um, he's definitely going to make his debut in 2019, assuming he stays healthy. Like I said, the guy's floor is, you know, fourth outfielder. Uh, that's his floor. I think his ceiling is probably Kevin Pillar. So he's a high floor, kind of low ceiling type of guy. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, like I said, from 2015 to 2018, uh, Kevin Pillar averaged 3.4 wins above replacement uh, by baseball reference. 
Uh, Pilar probably more power, uh, but Bishop probably more of a on base guy than Pilar is. Um, so I, I really like uh, Braden Bishop, um, and I'm really excited to get to see him play this year. Um, the Mariners haven't really. I mean, I don't want to. I'm trying. The Mariners center field, like in their entire history, has been really good. The Mariners have been blessed to have great center fielders for most of their uh, existence. Yeah. I think Bishop's probably going to be the best defensive center fielder since Franklin Gutierrez. Um, and while it doesn't seem like that big of a deal since Gutierrez was pretty recent, they did employ Gerard Dyson and Leonis Martin, who are both well above average in center field. So I, I think I think Bishop's going to be better than those two guys defensively. So um, I'm very excited to see Bishop play, and thankfully I won't have to wait long. He will he will be up with the big league team sometime in 2019. Yep. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and let's let's wrap up our top ten here. So give me numbers nine and ten, and then we'll kind of jump around and uh, talk about a few of the other guys we like. Uh, yeah, so number uh, number nine for me is Noel B. Marte, yep. uh, who the Mariners signed in um, uh, the international signing period uh, last or this uh, this past summer, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's another guy like Julio Rodriguez. To once he starts playing, he'll he'll begin to to rise and and in the ranks and start to raise some eyebrows for uh for a lot of guys uh he he's a very exciting five tool type of player that you know as you know he's only 16 years old right now but if he if he starts to you know put it together and and uh and uh work his way uh through uh through the lower levels of the Mariner system and uh, really uh, begin to adapt to pro baseball. Um, that could be another, another special kind of kind of player that the, that the Mariners have there. I'm, I'm very excited about uh, the prospects of uh, what no, uh, no LV Marte can be. Um, and then, uh, well, actually I, 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 I'm struggling to remember here. Well, what was his ranking in terms of uh, the international uh, signing prospects last year? Wasn't it like number four or something like that? Um, hmm. I think he was high up there. Let me see. He was ranked number seven by MLB Pipeline. And okay. I think he was fourth by Baseball America, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. So this is a, you know, this is a widely uh, well-regarded uh, prospect here. And um he has a lot of he has a lot to uh, to work with, and um, that's exciting to have and a guy like yeah. that. You know, they, we he won't see Marte turned... until about twenty twenty two. Yeah, at the earliest, I would think. Yeah, and uh, but he's one of those guys that can make his debut at twenty years old if everything goes right. Um, he, he just turned seventeen, by the way, in October. Oh, he just turned seventeen in October, so he's okay. been seventeen for less than two months. Yeah. So, you know, he's very young. <laughs> and uh yeah, he geez, he was born in the 2000s. Yep, 2001. Wow. He will be he will probably play in the Dominican Summer League this year. Yeah. Um or the Venezuelan, one of those two leagues. Um you know, one of the fun things um if you read the little blurb they have on uh, MLB Pipeline, one scout told them that 
he comped him to a young Miguel Cabrera. Um, another, yeah, another said that he thinks Marte could eventually hit 270 with 25 to 30 home runs. Um, defensively, he can handle shortstop. Um, he, I mean, it it seems like nowadays if you have power, they're going to move you to third base. Um, <clears throat> but he can stick it short. He's good enough there. Um, he's not going to win a gold glove, but he's not. You know, he'll probably end up being better than Gene Segura. Yeah. Um, and Segura was solid. So, um, yeah, I think upside here. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Jason Churchill a few uh, months ago said that one of his sources said that his ceiling is actually Carlos Correa. Um, wow. So there are, yeah, there are a lot of people in baseball who really like uh, this, this kid. Um, and the Mariners have him. And, What's even more fun is, is that he's the number nine prospect. Um, in July, I think I had him as high as number three. Um, and that just goes to show you the growth of throughout the organization, um, that this guy's number nine um, in your farm system. And he's getting, and granted, those are comps on the very high end. Uh, the overwhelming odds have Marte never sniffing the big leagues because that's just the way it works when you sign 16-year-old kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a guy who, if he reaches a ceiling, I mean, again, if we're in 2023, if we're talking about Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kelnick, and Noelvi Marte, you might be talking about the Houston Astros too. Those three guys have huge upsides, um, and in the one in a million chance all three hit, I mean, whew, that is going to be fun, fun, fun club to watch. Yeah. But I also had him at number nine. Um, so who did you have at number ten? Uh, Cal Raleigh, who uh, the Mariners picked in the third round of this past draft. I, uh, you know, he may not stick at catcher, might be more of a first baseman. I would like for him to stay at catcher. Uh, but he's a, you know, he's a, uh, he's a really nice hitter. Um, really knows how to control the zone. Got, a, got some power. Really, you know, just. All around, just good, good hitter, and um, you know the de- the defense is a question, but uh, you know I, I I think with uh, with some coaching maybe uh, could stick at at catcher. Um, yeah, just really really like Cal Raleigh. Yep, Stephen Vogue, two point Yeah, um, perhaps. Yeah, I actually had Cal Raleigh at fourteen. Um, my number 10 is Eric Swanson, who was recently acquired by the Mariners in the James Paxson trade. And you know what's uh, funny? I had him at number 14. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I, I think the two are pretty interchangeable, honestly. Um, again, Swanson gets a slight nod for me because he's going to pitch for the Mariners in 2019. And I think, I think, I don't know, I feel like there's a real possibility that he ends up being a number four uh, starter. And if not, he's kind of a. Um, Dan Altavilla type of uh, Tony Zick, you know, kind of that seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh-huh. Uh, fastball can touch 97 in the bullpen. When he starts, he can hit 94, 95. Uh, the slider and changeup are both, they're both average. Uh, you know, they're useful pitches. Neither one of them is. Um, and his control is actually, I mean, it's excellent. Uh, 29 walks and 122 innings uh, across three levels in the minors last year. He also struck out 139 guys, so uh, this guy misses bats. Um, like I said, I think his ceiling is a number four. 
Um, I think his floor is kind of at, you know, seventh, eighth inning prototype reliever throws hard. Um, also cover multiple innings in the bullpen if you need him to. Uh, he's going to be up in 2019. I, I don't know. I, I feel like Swan, the Mariners may have gotten something in Swanson. Um, so I'm pretty high on him. I like him. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of our top 10 um, right around there. Um, we have 11 through 20 here. Uh, there's probably a few guys we'll touch on quickly here. Uh, you meant, Cal Raleigh was my 14. You had Eric Swanson at your, as your 14. Um, so I guess let me ask this. Where did you have Sam Carlson? Because I think that's another guy who could be a potential top 100 prospect in a couple years. Yeah, I had him at uh, 11. Okay. So right after, after, right after Cal Raleigh. And yeah, a lot of it, you know, really depends on where, uh, or how Carlson bounces back, um, from, uh, from his surgery. And, uh, you know, this is really going to be his first time pitching pro ball. I mean, he pitched what five innings. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a huge question mark, and, uh, you know, the potential is there. You know, the, when the Mariners got him, that was a huge steal for them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't I don't know if he'll, if he'll be able to, uh, to get it together. You know, I hope so. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a huge question mark. And uh, after Carlson at number 12, I have Josh Storrs. Um, Storrs really is my number 11. Did, uh, this year. Um, after being drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. um, got some power, really nice base runner, um, average to above average glove. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, I like Josh stores more than most. I, I was, I liked him more than you did when, uh, when he was drafted. I know you were yeah. kind of scratching your head with that pick. Um, and I kind of convinced you otherwise, <laughs> I think. Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, and he, he you know, he backed that up. He, he played well, uh, in Everett and, uh, we'll see if he can build upon that. Um, but he's kind of, he's kind of like the forgotten guy because, you know, the Mariners have a lot of outfield prospects. Um, and it's kind of easy to, to overlook Josh stores, but he, he might be, uh, might be a pretty solid piece moving forward. Yeah. I have still 11. Um, he just missed the top 10, honestly, like, and I know Mariners fans are going to cringe at this, but it's really not as bad as they think it is. I see a lot of Cameron Maven in Josh Stowers. Um, you know, a guy who can play center, but is probably going to be really good and left, um, steal some bases, just kind of an average type of hitter. I, I think Stowers probably has more power, whereas Maven is a little bit more on base type, um, but yeah, I, I I like Stowers. I think um, I think this will be a very interesting year for him. He's probably going to start the year in West Virginia. If he hits similar to what he did in Everett, he might find his way into the top seven or eight. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Stowers. I think he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Um, I had Sam Carlson at 13. Um you know, it's it's tough to project guys Tommy John. Um, I don't know if he's going to pitch this year uh, or how much he's going to pitch. 
and it probably set him back two or three years or at least two years from his original timeline but i still like him i like this the stuff's there uh, if the stuff's there he's you know he was a top 15 talent the year he was drafted and uh, he fell to the second round because of signability concerns um but yeah he's he was a legit first round talent so uh i'm not really i'm not ready to give up on him yet um you know one guy I wanted to mention real fast is kind of my, I don't know if I'm the highest on him, but I like Damon Cassetta Stubbs. <laughs> That's who I was going to mention. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, I had him number seven um, when the Mariners drafted him, and that got quite a bit of, uh, I don't know, interest. Uh, a lot of people said I, over, I overranked him. I don't know, man. Fastball reaches 97. He's already got a good slider. Um, he's a young kid, high schooler. He's going to pitch this year, probably in the Northwest league. Um, or maybe even just, uh, instructionals and stuff like that. But I, I got a, I got a, uh, Derek Lowe comp on him. If you remember Derek Lowe. Yep. That's really intriguing to me. And when I'm looking at guys like who are probably going to be at their ceiling is a seventh inning reliever. And I have even a ten percent chance that Cassetta Stubbs turns into a, you know, a major league starter. I would. I'm going to rank that guy higher. Um, and I don't. I, I feel like there's something here with this kid. Um, and I'm interested to see how he develops because that's kind of the guy from this last draft class that I was. I was excited about. Um, you know, aside from obviously higher, but yeah, I. I think there's something there with Cassetta Stubbs. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Um, so I'm just a few guys, uh, a few other guys who are uh, new additions to the Mariners, uh, Dom Thompson-Williams and Jake Fraley. I'm curious where you had them because I think we both really like those guys. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Dom Thompson-Williams at uh, 15. Same. And Jake Fraley at 17. I had Fraley at 16, so we're right in the same ballpark. Yep. Uh, yeah, both guys made swing changes. They found more power. Um, yeah, they both can take a walk. Uh, yeah, Thompson you know, Williams I, does uh, strike out quite a bit, but, I mean, Aaron Judge strikes out at, like, 30-something percent, so who cares? If, right, I mean... I mean, uh, he was still getting on base at, uh, what was it, like a 350 clip or something like that last year? Uh, so. His final slash line in A-ball, uh, he was only in A-ball for 10 games. Uh, advanced A-ball, his final slash line uh, for the entire season was 299, 363, 546. Yeah. Uh, he stole 20 bases, uh, hit 22 home runs. He can play center field um, and be fine out there. Uh probably a left fielder or right fielder he's probably more of a corner guy if you want the glove to add value but he's fine in center field um i i really think he's a very uh he's a fun throw in in that uh in that trade the paxton trade yeah. uh, and you know jake fraley he was also you know at advanced a ball and he hit 347 415 with a 547 slugging percentage made some changes to his swings he's really he's a plus runner he's this guy can play center field um, and be a an asset out there, not just a uh, you know a wash. He he's a really good center fielder, more of a leadoff guy, but a leadoff guy with power. 
Um, left-handed swing. He's going to start the year in double A. Um, man, that double A team is going to be fun to follow. <laughs> yep. Because uh, I'm pretty sure Dom Thompson Williams is going to start there too. So if I, I think this is probably how I would rate because, like I said, I had them back to back. If you're asking me who is going to be a better big leaguer or who's more likely to be a good big leaguer, I'm going to say Jake Fraley. Yeah. If you're asking me who I'd rather bet on, I'm going to say Dom Thompson Williams, just because I feel like his upside is higher than Fraley, but I still really like both. Um, so, I mean, what, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about, uh, Fraley and Williams? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, both are kind of lottery ticket type of guys where Mm -hmm. you can really hit on them or they'll just be, you know, whatever. Uh, Jake Fraley, you know, he could be Brett Gardner or he could be Boog Powell. Yeah. Uh, Dom Thompson Williams, kind of same thing. Uh, Dom Thompson Williams, of course, has extraordinary power all of a sudden. Uh, right. which he never really had until last season. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, at least both are, are defensively inclined. Um, so they could find uh, a slot as a fourth outfielder at some point, uh, whether that be with the Mariners or elsewhere, you know, when they reach the MLB. Um but they, you know, they have potential there to, uh, you know, actually, I feel like Dom Thompson Williams is kind of more like the Ben Gamble type. And uh, hmm. that's funny because I would say Fraley's much more like uh, Ben Gamble. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, like either one, they're kind of very similar, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so that. So it's it's a very similar uh, projection for either one of these guys. Sure. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not really sure where where to exactly place them in in terms of projection, but I, I really, uh, I really like the fit for now, and um, and just see kind of how they how they progress because. You know, they, they really did well in their in their first year after like some swing changes and you know just working on mechanics and everything. Let's see how that continues, especially now in a new system. See see how how uh, the Mariners really put their stamp on them, mm-hmm. and uh, just see how how they progress from there. Right. Uh, typically speaking, the jump from uh, the jump from. Uh, Single A to double A is the most significant jump. Yeah. Um, and so when you're talking about uh, Fraley and uh, Dom Thompson Williams, those guys both uh, single A last year, they're both jumping to double A. Um, so those will be guys that are interesting to track. Um, you know, and I guess I'll just wrap this up by saying my last 20, um, pretty much the three big relievers, Vesta, Mills, and Warren. And then I also threw a uh, Caracuto in there. Um, it's kind of an interesting guy. I think I think we pretty much had the same twenty guys in there. Did you did you put? Um, I'm guessing. Did you end up putting uh, what's his name, Keenan McGovern in the, in your top twenty? Yeah, Keenan McGovern. Yeah, he's in there. 
Yeah, I figured. I know you're a big fan of his, so why don't you tell us about Keegan McGovern? Yeah, Keegan McGovern. Man, uh, here, let me pull pull up his numbers from last year. Uh, what? Hold on. He's a ninth-round pick, senior out of Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ninth, So they got him in the ninth round, and I was mm-hmm. looking at his numbers uh, right after they drafted him. I'm like, there's something here. And then he goes to uh, to A-ball last year and uh, hits 15 home runs, slashes 268, 351, 523 with a 144 WRC+. Plus. And that's in 271 plate appearances. That's not some, you know, little cup of coffee. That's a pretty nice chunk of uh, action there uh, towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was very impressive. He takes a, he can take a walk. He does strike out quite a bit, but, you know, the fact that he does take walks and gets on base plus has that power. You know, right now he's a, he's a corner outfielder. He has nothing to write home about defensively. Could be a could be a first baseman convert um, or like a DH type of guy, but I think I, I think there's something there. Um, I was really impressed with how he performed, and uh, you know he might be a might be a fast riser too. Uh, you can mm-hmm. see him uh, in uh, in Seattle probably 2020 if he makes it there. You know it's a, it's still a long shot for him to actually make it. Um, but uh, I, I I like it. I think he's off to a great start, and uh, I'm re- he's one of the guys that I'm very uh, very much looking forward to uh, to watching this year. I think he'll start in Modesto, um, mm-hmm. but he can make it all the way up to to Tacoma this year with a pretty good year. I think. Yeah, like you said last year. I mean, a three fifty one on base and a five eighteen slugging um, with fifteen home runs and two hundred fifty five at bats. You have to at least college that um you know and it it kind of reminds me a little bit of eric philia like uh yeah maybe he's just better than that like because he's an older guy to be playing in those leagues and maybe he's just more advanced in that competition um and his other tools don't suggest he's going to be you know much of anything body body blah, blah but eventually production you have to at least stop and look yeah and kind of go hey you know uh, i know the tools say this but the numbers are saying this, and at some point we have to give that guy a shot. Um, and so I feel like maybe uh, Keegan, I, I believe he uh, he did crack our top 20 uh, in July. I think I put him 19th. Um, so I would say he was probably, he was in the others receiving votes category, um, along with guys like Philia and uh, Ian Miller and Anthony Jimenez and Joey Gerber. Guys like that were kind of on the, just on the outside for me. Um, but I guess we'll wrap up our prospect talk with this. If you had to pick one guy in the Mariners farm system who makes the biggest jump in our ranks when we, uh, you know, for one year from today, who do you think it is? And it doesn't necessarily have to be ranks. Maybe just like, you know, your opinion changes vastly. Like if you think Kellenick's going to tear it up, I guess you could say Kellenick, and he can't rise that much higher because he's your number one. But uh, Who's the guy we're talking about a year from now that we're really excited about? Basically, who's Julio Rodriguez? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm thinking about a few names here. I mean, we talked about Dom Thompson Williams and Jake Fraley. Maybe mm-hmm. one of those ascends what you know what we think because they are kind of confusing as to where uh, exactly they could land. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Josh Stores is another one. Um, but the one that I'm going to pick actually is Juan Caracoto. Because <laughs> the Mariners are high on him. Yeah. And I see a lot of scouts high on him. But I don't personally see it. Right. So uh, if he uh, continues to develop and maybe, you know, uh, produces a little bit more with some more playing time, I think uh, I think he could uh, quickly rise in my ranks. Um, mm-hmm. I just I'm not too sure about him right now. I just, you know, I. Uh, what uh, ranking was he when he uh, when he came out when they when they signed him? Wasn't he like I think he was fifteenth? I think. Um, yeah. Uh, no, sorry, he was number twenty six on the MLB pipeline, so a top thirty guy. Yeah, so he played in rookie ball uh, last year for uh, the Dominican League, right? Mm-hmm. He was okay, yep. you know. Yep. Um, he did show a little bit of power. Um, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, I just I'm not too sure on him yet. You know, he's 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 a good defensive shortstop. I know that, but mm-hmm. I just don't know if the bat will translate yet. Yeah, I mean, so a, I would like to see a little bit more out of him offensively and just see right. him develop more. Right. He just turned 18, so there's still uh yeah, still a lot of time. There's still a chance but, there. But yeah, I think I think that's one of the guys that could really jump out and uh, and rise uh, through the ranks. Also, another one is Sam Carlson. Yeah, Uh, you know if he actually um, pitches relatively early uh, this season, um, where could he end up? And you know, one last guy that I wanted to mention um, that's just, like, kind of on the outside of my top 20 is Eric Falia. I just want him yeah. uh, on on the Mariners at some point this year because of the shimmy. Yeah, um, right. I just want the shimmy. <laughs> hey, man, he's got a shot at it, too. So, uh, yeah, he could easily be up this year at some point. And the, the Mariners traded him at one point. <laughs> for a day. Yeah, for a day. He was a Red Sox for he's- a day. He was a Red Sox for a day, and then the Red Sox was like, you know what, I'd rather have money. Yeah, um, yeah he's a guy who gets on base. So, I mean, yeah, that that's something. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a shot that he comes up because in September, it's funny, like in, in July, I think the Mariners will still be in it um, just because the American League looks so weak. And I mean in it in a sense that they'll be like four games back of the second wild card. Right. With like one team ahead of them, still being like seventh place, basically. Yeah. And, oh, they should go for it. They should go for it. It's happening than they expected. No, it's not. Wait until September. Um, and I, I think that's when you could see a guy like Philia. Um, it's probably, I think the earliest you'll see Lewis is probably July or August. Um, yeah, I, I guess my guy is kind of the quickest riser. I want to say Dom Thompson Williams. I really like the guy, but I just have a hard time seeing him crack his way into the top, you know, seven or eight this year. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with Cal Raleigh um, because the guy can hit. Um, at least we, we think he can hit. We don't know for sure. Um, yeah. 
but he was really good in Everett last year. He was really good at Florida State. Um, I I really think he if he can show that he's even an average catcher defensively, that position is so hard to find. You know he, who's can, very similar to right? Uh, Narvaez. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what if if you can if you can get that position is so hard to find a catcher who's not terrible defensively, who either a hits for power or gets on base, and Cal Raleigh has a, has a shot to do both. That position is so hard to find that if he he's probably going to start the year in uh, the Carolina League, uh, West Virginia, so he'll probably be there. Um, there's a shot that he advances to advanced A ball. If he hits and continues to show improvement defensively because of the position and the rarity of a catcher who can hit, he could slide, you know, I think as high as number six or seven, even uh, just because of the scarcity of the position. Um, so I would say Cal Raleigh is probably the guy that I think we're talking about next year. Um, yeah. And then I would say my second guy is probably Noel V. Marte. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be either uh, or Jake Braley. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll just wrap this up with uh, just kind of your overall thoughts about where the Mariners farm system stands now compared to a year ago. I know DePoto thinks it's top 10. Um, I don't. I don't know no. if you do, but no, I, I, I think it went from 30th to probably around 15th. Um, I, I, think I don't necessarily ask, think it was 30th either. I think it was like 27th. I don't yeah. I don't think it was necessarily as bad as the Royals. Um I don't know. I just I think there's some talent there that that people tend to overlook. You know, I I like um Braden Bishop, you know, a lot more than others do. You know, Evan White, mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Lewis. Logan Gilbert, et cetera. Those guys were there already. And uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think that they were the worst. Yeah, I, I think their farm system was a little underrated. Um, doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> but um, like I said, overall, the farm system is a lot better uh, yeah. than it was last year. I don't think anybody can deny that. I think it's now a farm system that is you know, comparable with a lot of teams. Um, I, I don't think they're top 10, um, but I also think they're closer to 11th than they are closer to, you know, 22 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're probably top 15. Um, if you include JP Crawford, they're definitely top 15. Um, but more importantly, the Mariners have a legit farm system where they actually have prospects that other people want, um, which, you know, is nice in the trade market. Um, I don't think they're going to make any major deals to add anybody this winter. Um, but they actually have that option now if they really want to July. I I tweeted this late last night. You know, the Mariners have a farm system now where they can be in on all the talks, uh, in the trade market. Yeah. I mean, it's legit. They could, and that's not to say that they can outbid anybody because they can't. Um, but if, Cody Bellinger or whatever is on the trade market in July, the Mariners can compete with anybody for him. Um, you know, it would be painful uh, because they don't have quite the depth that like Atlanta or San Diego does, but they can get involved in that. They have the prospects to do that now. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. 
Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of these prospects this year too. Uh, I think Sheffield and Dunn are pretty much locks to be on the to uh, make a debut with the Mariners this year. Obviously, J.P. Crawford as well. Evan White is a real possibility. Braden Bishop, I think, is a lock. Kyle Lewis is a real possibility. Um, you know, Eric Swanson's definitely going to be up at some point. So I think there's he's you know, probably going to be on the opening day roster. Yeah, uh, the way it sits right now, probably. Uh, Matt Festa and Wyatt Mills and Art Warren, if he's around still. Uh, I think there's a legit shot on my list that there's 10 guys who could make their debut with the Mariners this year. Um, and, you know, not all of them are seventh inning relievers, which is really cool. So uh, yep. I, th- I think you have to be optimistic about where the Mariners stand now. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, just looking at the rankings and everything, it's it's nice to to see the uh, the Mariners a little bit more uh, top heavy. Yeah, because they actually have. Um, oh, hold on, they actually have stuff like yeah, it's nice stuff like not just I don't know because the nice thing is that Depoto was really running out of these guys that he could trade for even like fringe major leaguers. Um, he, he spent a lot of those guys out to get Cameron Mabin and, um, you know, uh, who's the other Zach Duke. Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot that they could, uh, sorry. There's not a whole lot that they could do, um, to get, you know, back to where they needed to be. So, um, Farm system's much better. Uh, I don't think that's deniable. A few quick notes came up when I, uh, uh, while we were talking, Corey Brock at The Athletic has confirmed that the Mariners are having talks right now with three teams. Um, three teams on Carlos Santana. They are the uh, the Rockies, the Indians, and uh, the Rays, I think, is the other one. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> So, yeah, so the Rockies and Indians, not that much of a surprise. Um, let me just double-check that real fast. But, uh, three teams right now in on the, the the Santana race, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think, uh, I think we'll probably see him get moved in the next week or so. I don't know if it'll actually happen um, at the winter meetings, but I, I, I'm with you. I'd be shocked if he sticks around. Um, for much longer, it's yeah. The Rays, the Indians, and the Rockies are the three teams right now on Santana. Um, it, I still find it really funny that the Rays, um, yeah, the Rays are in on Carlos Santana. That's so crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, also Ryan Divish notes that the Mariners' starting second baseman is going to be D Gordon. Um, I think we all kind of saw that coming. That's not a surprise. Uh, they yep. still could. Tra- shocked by that um but i i don't think it's i don't think it's a shock um and i think it's probably smart to hold on to him for for at least a couple months um we mentioned the mariners wanting to bring uh, uh they wanted to bring in a right-handed bat um it's funny divish also reports that sources are telling him that the mariners are going to be really quiet at the winter meetings um, which is the complete opposite of what everybody else was saying. Um, Jerry Depoto even called Monday his most boring day ever at the winter meetings. So, um, 
Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all goes. So that's that's kind of what's happening with the Mariners right now. I don't expect any major news um, anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys had fun listening to our little prospect uh, rant thing. Um, you make sure you guys uh, read us at the website sotomojo.com. You can find us on Twitter at sotomojofs. Also on Facebook or Instagram, sotomojo. Um, you can join our Discord. We'll put the link in the description, uh, the invite in the description below. Um, so yeah, guys, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got to catch our breath, kind of relax from Jerry for a little while, um, and the Mariners aren't done making moves. So we'll see what happens with all that. But um, you know, I hope you guys, uh, hope you guys are enjoying your uh, off season. Um, and you know, let, let's go get Kikuchi and let's do this thing. How about that? So yeah, what? Yeah, I said yeah. That sounds fun. No, oh, okay. I thought maybe he had some news or something. I was like, wait a minute. No, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. no breaking news on this. On <laughs> well, this and the Mariners, they just. <laughs> right. Oh, brother. All right, guys. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, this is a long one today, but this is probably our only shot to really talk po- uh, prospects this offseason, at least in depth. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, uh, listening, and we will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.